and and you really believe in this thing and you are just passionate about seeing it come into the world go for it like you have you have this life for a reason to to try something you know mm. see what you can do hey hey welcome to the up and becoming podcast a space for inspiring and empowering conversations for the creators dreamers and self-starters i'm your host kurt bingham and this is episode 10. This episode is quite special because I actually wrote down that I would do 10 episodes, so I've decided to keep going and I'm so grateful that you guys have come along for the journey. For the 10th episode, I'm speaking with Michelle and Hemi from Patina Photo. They've been a couple that have inspired me for some time with a quirky, uh, funny nature and just their way to take photos that you have never seen. We talk about how it's so important to protect your greatest asset, yourself, seeing the world through the eyes of a photographer and their experience overcoming the negative narratives we tell ourselves every day. Today I'm speaking with uh, Michelle and Hemi from Bettina Photo. Hey guys. (laughs) We were just talking prior to pressing record about um, one of them holding a talking stick because, uh, I guess, I don't know if they tend to talk over each other, but um, with this <laughs> with this style of uh, interview, it's, it's, it's interesting to be interviewing two people on the other side. So um, Michelle con- currently has the talking stick. I do, yeah. And, uh, I, I can pass it on. It's all right. I'll share. Well, the first question that I ask everyone on the Up and Becoming podcast is, what did you want to become when you were a kid? Oh, okay. I said the earliest I remember of this was I wanted to be a police car, and my entire family cracked up laughing. They thought it was hilarious. I mean, it is hilarious. It is who can who can be a police car? But more seriously, I um, I think I wanted to design cities. I remember like in primary school, uh, like my friends had like a drawing competition and um to see who could like draw like the best city from bird's eye view kind of thing and i won out of like the the three the three geeks <laughs> all involved in yes it. um and then i went off to university and studied architecture and landscape architecture and very nearly that was my life um and then it switched wow yeah. Michelle's really trying not to. Like <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I know. Like, don't talk over. Don't, you know, don't wait your turn. I don't even know what mine was. I'm just like, wow, you were a police car, didn't you? I didn't even know this. I didn't know. Th- I didn't even know that. Um, I'm not bringing people together since episode yeah, one. Yeah, I, I was anyway. quite obsessed with Lego as a child. Like really obsessed with Lego. Like I would build entire cities of Lego, and um, like my parents would um, like maybe a little bit naughtily, um, they would like chop down the like election um, candidate, like, you know, core flute boards um, in the middle of the night so that I could like build my Lego cities on it and it could go like under my bed. Um, I don't think they're allowed to do that, but they did that. So I don't know. I just thought I would be a Lego, Lego enthusiast, but that never really worked out. You can, you can be a Lego master. You know that, right? Yeah. So I don't know, and the but, cities were all color coded, like the houses were all color coded, and like you couldn't put like a blue block on the that color, you know, wasn't allowed. But I don't know if that has much relevance now. So who knows? Oh, I, I bet, I bet, as we continue this conversation, we're going to see that we're going to see that consistent um, thing. Um, that's actually hilarious because me and my sister, um, when it comes to Lego, we were obsessed with Lego as kids. So um, I. I totally understand you and I think even um in that when when we were actually building our cities my sister would like be very I guess be I guess a bit of a dictator and like telling me where I can put my blocks she's like you can't put it there or there and anyway but it is what it is but I I would um I'd love actually to hear from it's so funny because we've got two people to interview it's like exciting you know like who do I ask a question but I think Hemi um, you know, how did you guys, I guess, meet, you know, you two, you and uh, Michelle, but, um, how did, like, where did photography start, I guess? Oh, yeah, well, 
like we met at a like I guess a summer party like a while back when was it two thousand and nine two thousand nine um and that is so like at this stage like I was studying architecture I think and um and I just thought she looked beautiful and we dated for like a little while and stuff and so we both went through university together we're at different universities in the same city Mm. um and she was studying photography doing fine art photography degree and I was doing architecture and so both of them creative industries like we helped each other like we would end up at each other's um universities and working on each other's assignments like she would help me uh like designing like the layouts she'd put little people into like my drawings and stuff for all like the buildings and that kind of thing and i would the lego he would tell me off off because like one time at like i don't know 3 a.m or something i was like helping with this uni assignment and it was and he said oh you know you need to just like populate this this the city that I've drawn with like people and I was putting in the people and giving like each person a storyline and like this is like you know this is this group and they're friends with that group and they don't talk to him and they've got a dog and then they have this child and then when he zoomed out they were approximately like maybe five millimeters and I'd spent like <laughs> a long time you know making storylines for every character so I wasn't very good on the on me helping hand me with his architecture homework let's be honest <laughs> I love that though. I love the. I love the. Oh, we met a summer party, and I thought. I thought she was beautiful. Yeah. That was so sweet. <laughs> so good. Well, did you tell her? Is that how this how this led to you guys hanging out at university? Yeah. Well, um, so okay, it's like it's a semi awkward story because so she was wearing like a stunning dress, and so I was smoothest line ever. I was like, I love your dress. Like you, you look incredible, and she just shot me these like dagger eyes and I was like what have I done wrong this is amazing we found out later that uh she actually was like she was feeling quite ill um like wasn't feeling great like and so my my, um my twin sister had kind of tricked me into going and um there was a lot more people that I thought were going to be there and so I had sort of um gone off to sort of like compose myself and come across like a bush of all this like poison ivy so I actually had hives and I was just like sitting like itching like angrily in a corner and he sort of came over like hey and I thought he must be sarcastic like are you for serious right now but it turned out he was he wasn't so yeah yeah it worked out (laughs) oh that's good yeah I'm glad you, I'm glad you made yeah, it. Yeah, made, made a lucky recovery. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Well, she, uh, Michelle got you back because uh, now you're in photography, not architecture. So I guess that's totally right. Like, so we, um, like, we finished university and we got married, like, pretty much all in the same year. And then, um, I mean, obviously, this is like skipping ahead a little bit, uh, but then it was it was soon after like the financial crash and so we didn't have like there was no work around in the architecture industry um at the time and so we were kind of like sitting there like wondering what to do and michelle was already photographing like a bunch of or like you know a number of our friends weddings who were getting married that season um she was like the talented friend with a camera and so i just encouraged her like hey you should give this a go Mm -hmm. and then we decided like let's do it together let's let's really kind of like push on this and see where it goes and so yeah it was kind of like a a mutual journey out of it i guess i i'm pretty sure my exact words when you said like oh should we start a photography business were like oh sure how hard could it be (laughs) yeah (laughs) apparently quite hard (laughs) yeah yeah it's it is quite it is yeah. quite hard <laughs> yeah there's a, there's a bit to it i i actually almost quite like that we have we had a little bit of a naivety sort of streak to it and that we were just like okay we don't we don't really know you know we hadn't attempted to run a business before but it just kind of had this feeling like if we can just stick in it we'll be able to figure it out and um any little issues and stuff that come along like we can we can do that like I mean we had like I was able to pick up part-time work here and there and we had like cleaning jobs and things that like just helped make ends meet while we figured it out but yeah we always had lots of like weird little side jobs on the go like I was like working at a museum at sometimes and like it was like this 
museum where people would bring in like dead birds to the like reception and I'd be like, oh, cool, great, you know. Anyway, it's good. Yeah, but, dead but birds. man, like it was so much better, like especially at that time when we were both looking for work and realizing that there was nothing out there, it felt great to be doing something constructive. And, and yeah, and so we just have this belief, like if we can just stick in it, we'll be able to figure it out. And I think it probably took about, oh, like mm. a year, year to two years to kind of like get systems in place and working but you eventually build some momentum and and we love it like we wouldn't i wouldn't go back it was the greatest decision yeah that's that's actually so incredible i i think with the um the ignorance that we can sometimes have is actually a good thing like i love i love the blissful ignorance of just being like ah People like my photos. They're paying me decent money for it. Let's just give this yeah. a go. And maybe I'm still in that a little bit because it still feels weird to me when people pay me good money to take yes. photos. Yes. You know? Um, and I think even even in that 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 journey of yours and figuring out, okay, like we really love to, we really are loving this because the financial crisis did eventually dissipate but you decided hey we're going to stick to photography why why didn't you go back to architecture did you fall in love with photography yeah i think i so like before i went to university i had done like a i took a break after high school before going to university and worked in a couple of drafting roles um you know i was just like the cad monkey who drew some drawings yeah and uh it was like I always found like the favorite part of my of a job was like that first six to 12 months where you're like learning the role and then I would get a little bit bored after that and I kind of want to change and find something new I find running our own business it's like you're forever in that learning role like there's always like another thing you can do and uh like we um we time track uh like everything that we're doing and everything and it, it makes you realize like how many hats you like wear you know like you're uh you know like you're a marketing strategist and then you're like a content manager and then you're like mm. a community manager and that's just like that side of it and then there's like shooting and editing and like all of these different roles and you're an admin and you're an it expert and all of these things it's incredible how many things there is to learn and how many things you have to learn and it's I find that exciting like I think that learning process is so great yeah yeah I'm completely the same and for you Michelle are you (laughs) what's what's been your experience in that time you know um you know I I guess falling in love with photography and hammy at the same time as it seems um, <laughs> um yeah what what was your experience in that yeah i mean i think I, I i mean i always liked photography i liked the ability that you could just capture this thing that was happening and that it was gonna just keep gaining value over time like this beautiful moment that you got to freeze would just we just keep getting more and more and more valuable and special to the person and so then weddings it was just like whoa i could capture those moments i loved that um and i when i was studying my like fine arts degree um and you know like frequenting hemi's architecture school people would always be like oh it's so cool that you're doing photography and i was like yeah i'm gonna do weddings um and they all seemed confused like why would you do that and i was like because that's correct um and yeah, I think I I remember like when I was studying at um photo like when I was studying photography in my fine arts degree, like I actually never finished it. Um, I sort of met Hemi and I just decided to like drop out halfway through and start a wedding photography business. Um, you'd finished studying, but I was I was yeah still I was still like halfway through and I just thought. Well, you always loved shooting. Like yeah. that was that was your passion in it, and you felt like the degree was starting to become more and more theoretical. And you're just like, you know what? I just want to be. Yeah, I just want to be. I just want to be photographing. You know, I want to be out there. Um, and I would I would photograph a wedding on the weekend, and then I would come to uni the, on the Monday, and everyone would be like, "What have you been doing?" And I'd be like, "I'm shooting a wedding." 
um, and I was just always like, <laughs> and loved it. And um, I actually was terrified of driving for quite a long time. And so um, Hemi originally came along as like my, my driver um, to like this really like um, rural place that I was just like terrified to drive to. Um, it had like this extreme gravel road and Hemi came along to drive originally. And then I think I was like, oh, hold this camera. And he sort of started taking photos and I, I actually was mad when I got them back and was like, these are really good. Can you, like, you've got your own thing. Like, don't, what are you doing? And then, then, then it sort of dawned on me like, oh, these are quite good. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that's how it kind of. You can be on my team. Yeah. And it's kind of how it developed. So he must have taken like maybe one photography paper at uni um and yeah I, he would he would he would drive and sort of assist me and like hold the camera and then he would take shots and i would be really fascinated and i kind of i feel like we've talked about that um i felt like he was almost like invincible when he took wedding photos because he wasn't really any like risk because he was kind of that sort of second shooter and if he took something it was kind of a bonus so like we'd come back and there'd be these photos from like this crazy angle or like he climbed on the roof or like he climbed a tree one time and I was like whoa I would never have done that mm. because I would just felt like the responsibility of having to get like those kind of safe shots and so I feel like we kind of yeah. um you know started like going in these two kind of directions where I wanted to get like these safe like dependable shots and he wanted to get really like creative and then we sort of learned from each other to um to both kind of push to be a bit more creative and I think it was quite cool that yeah he came on with none of that like responsibility yeah I did a talk at a um a conference like a while back like about shooting creatively and I think that was actually one of the big things that I I learned from from that freedom that I had at the beginning like I, I feel like I just always had a sense of like like as like Michelle was getting everything safe mm. and so I was just allowed I just had the freedom to create the just, most interesting shots yeah. that I could because what was the point of capturing the same that she was going to get anyway and I think even as we've moved on and we start shooting separately, I feel like that mentality has really stuck with me. And it's like, you know what? Like, it doesn't matter whether you get all the safe shots or not. Like, you can't. You want to create something that, like, blows your couple's expectations or, you know, something that they, they couldn't see or they didn't expect or, um, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Even in my own experience of photographing, I'm always looking for the different perspectives because I don't know what it is, but maybe it's just how I am. But when whenever I'm with people that are taking photos, or um, you know, you can get have those little insta meets that we did early on in the earlier yeah. days, and I just they didn't inspire me. I was like, everyone's just finding this location and taking the same yeah. photo. And I'm like, how can I take this differently? And I, I think that's come through because I did fashion photography free before and now I'm, I just fell in love with weddings. And cool. it was that stigma on, of weddings where people would be like, ah, oh, man, like Bridezilla, mm -hmm. um, you know, all of that, whatever that was, um, people would just be like, that sounds like high pressure, crazy. But for me, maybe it's because of my temperament and my personality I can be really calm and like high pressure. Yeah. So I'm just like, I feel like I just walk into a room, even if I walk into a warehouse sale, which is sounds crazy, but <laughs> I'm just, I know what I want. I know what I'm looking for. Yes. You yes, know, yes. And I just, I just get it. I get the shot. And um, it's cool to have, to hear that you guys kind of have a, a similar experience in that one, you love wedding photography. Um, and two, you actually are looking for the different perspective um, because yeah. Yeah. I you yeah, I think it's such an important thing to uh, to just have that, just to have that sense of freedom when you walk in somewhere, uh, not to feel like uh, you have to get that you have to get what is safe, but that you were you've been given. It's like you've been given permission by the couple to take amazing records for them you know and create these incredible memories and i think uh we are not doing it justice if we if we just shoot safe 
the entire way through, you know? So, yeah, I, I think it's... So I feel like sometimes I have to put myself in a mental mood. Sometimes you do feel pressure. Sometimes you do actually feel like a little bit of pressure to kind of create something. And you just have to, like, especially as you go up and you start charging more and more and you start going like, oh, well, you know, they're really like wanting me to perform in this sort of instance. But you've got to kind of put it to the back of your mind and just be like, no, you know what? Like, I'm... I'm in a freedom space right now and I'm just allowed to create and just be the artist and just trust my eye and capture what I see and yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and, and for the people that, I guess for the listeners that aren't photographers, um, the safe shots would be, you know, straight down the line, kissing mm-hmm. photo, you know, just if you think of a wedding, you'd expect, um, you're just looking for all of those those shots that you kind of see in like a, a photo book or, a, you know, um, old school magazine. But I'm finding that photographers are taking more yes. risks these days, um, which I love because for me, I always wondered why people hung up a dress in the hallway <laughs> and took a photo of it. Like, so strange. I don't know, like... For me, I didn't know you were meant to do that, you know, so I didn't do that. Um, but wh- where did these expectations come mm-hmm. from? And and I think this is in, for anyone listening, this could be your industry as well. Like, think about what people expect of you and ask why. Why mm-hmm. is that there? You know, and, um, I think that is a way to unlock creativity, but also unlock your style and who you are. Um and I think even for you guys, when it comes to your style and, and what you're looking for, you know, when you walk into a room, you've got your camera in hand. Um, what are you thinking? Like what, what comes to mind? Oh, it's actually probably um, slightly different for both of us because um, we've kind of, I feel like we've actually started to like merge into like a little bit of the a similar person photographically. But I think a lot of my skills um, come in just like, people skills and chatting to people and just being like ridiculously silly um and so you know like I remember the first couple of um jobs that we we were like okay we're gonna try and shoot separately and the people would just have so much fun but I found like a bunch of photos like oh what was that cropping I was having too much fun you know um (laughs) so like I remember doing like a few test little shoots with friends and be like okay I have to concentrate a little bit harder if it's just me you know I'm realizing like these were the things Hemi really brought to the table with his architecture eye and everything and and like a couple of times in the early days when he wasn't shooting and he came up into a a church and whispered to me like you know you're a couple of millimeters off the center and I was really taken aback what do you mean what do you <laughs> no. mean he sort of positioned me and i i feel like i've learned a lot of like wow okay i didn't i didn't realize that the center of the building if you're shooting on a wide angle makes a massive difference um they are just like little things that we've kind of learned from each other so hemi's a lot about like um, architectural lines and what the light is doing and i'm kind of all about the people and i think we've kind of merged that together to both be looking for now interesting lighting and framing and the people and we've sort of yeah picked up skills from each other yeah yeah that's that's very true i i also think like one of the things that i really look for when i walk into a room is just first of all like what is the light doing like what is the light telling me about this room what is it shining on like what are where are the shadows and where are the highlights and it's almost like just being <laughs> like being a moth drawn to the flame you know like it's it's that kind of thing and just <laughs> letting that letting beautiful light guide what what people yeah like what's worth capturing you know yeah yeah and that is the difference between a great photo and a, and a ordinary photo is is a light um and and like Emmy, you know if you've got bad light you've got a bad yeah. photo really um unless you're like punching the, <laughs> the post production trying to make it really bright but i just find that that makes a photo you know not not great um yeah, i think but i think people yeah people relate to light that feel especially especially with our type of photography i think we're looking for things that feel real and that feel authentic and so by by realizing like the natural qualities of light and like how it shapes objects mm-hmm. and how it falls and how it glows through here or you know, all of those those sorts of qualities 
helps bring a realism to images that that brings them to life and, and grounds them in a reality that you like immediately understand without thinking too hard about it. Yeah. Yeah. And for someone that, you know, that's a new concept to them. Um, how do they just notice that in their everyday, you know, cause I, that, I think that's yeah. cool as a photographer. I love that. Like, I love that when I leave a building, I just see the world mm -hmm. differently, mm -hmm. you know, um, um, but for someone that's not a photographer. Oh, I, yeah, I love that. I yeah. love that question because I absolutely went through this journey. Like, and it was one of the privileges, I guess, of having like Michelle was so much ahead of me in the photography world when I started. And she just taught me all these little things. And I remember the first time noticing it getting darker at night. Like, mm -hmm. of course it gets darker, right? Like, of course, like we eventually go from like it's a sunny day to it's nighttime but noticing the light get darker your eyes do such an amazing job of compensating for light and so it's just really easy to breeze through until suddenly it's black outside and it's it. but <laughs> if you can kind of get used to that was like the first step for me getting used to seeing like oh it feels like it's darker than it was an hour ago you know and just going like and you start to notice that and then and then I think it's just a progression from there and noticing the gradations of oh this this corner of the room is a little bit darker than that corner of the room and you know oh the light is hitting the edge of that object like beautifully and yeah mm -hmm. and then you start asking how and why yeah I feel like I'm always looking at you know like I'm always like how's the light hitting that person's face oh where's their most flattering angle what kind of things do they say when you ask them about being photographed? You know, like if, if they say things like, I'm horribly unphotogenic and I can't take a good photo, I'm like making mental notes like, yeah, make it quick, make it fun, you know? So I feel like our skills yeah. are just like almost polar opposites, but they play together quite well. I was actually asked by a friend the other day, um, she said, you know, how do you actually make people feel comfortable in front of a mm. camera? Um, or she said, how do I actually find my most flattering angle? Because every photo that I feel when she looks at it, she's just like, I don't feel beautiful or I, you know, I don't feel, um, that it really, I guess, shows who I am. How do you, um, how do you take someone through that, Michelle? Like, mm. how do you help someone feel comfortable and, um, you know, confident? Yeah, I'm. I mean, that makes me really sad. I'm like, oh, um, I actually think probably like, oh, 98% of the world probably feels that way. Um, and uh, like we had a bride the other day who was... was 2% of lying. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, we had a bride the other day who was just like in a panic because she'd had like a hair and makeup trial and the makeup artist had taken pictures of her and she said like, I look so old, it looks horrible, blah, blah, blah. But just majority mm -hmm. of what was wrong with the photo was the photographer like the light was terrible the it was a cell phone like super wide angle and I just feel like majority of the time if you want to look if it want if you want it to be sort of flattering and you want to look your best like you want some sort of side light or you want all the light straight on your face and um sometimes I would encourage people to just like take some selfies or I think another thing that I often do like if I'm photographing um, a bride or someone who's really feeling self-conscious um, okay it, it differs if it's a man um, if it's a male I'm just like make this as quick and as painless as possible so he almost didn't notice that he had a photo I just said some funny things and he got a photo if it's a woman they're really like, I want to look good. And so they're, they're prepared to put an effort and they, they want to trust you, but only if you're going to make them look good. So I'm all, I'll change my language and the way that I'll talk to them and try and figure out what they want. Like, do they want it just, just, just over with or that they want to look really flattering? And I will just, just talk to people. Like it's almost a conversation, but there just happens to be a camera there. And when I found an angle that really works, I will like probably squeal excitedly and tell them and then I usually show them and it just it's all about kind of like building that trust and then they yeah. start to realize like oh okay I'm not unphotographable if that's a word um yeah it is yeah. <laughs> you you have a heap of empathy I think is something oh, yeah. that also comes across a lot <laughs> when you're shooting and so I think you really you really relate to people when you really help them 
yeah, like you, you care about them. And I think that comes through in the way that you talk to them and, mm. and it helps them feel like they can trust you, I think is something big as well. Mm. This person cares about like as much as I do yeah. in a way, you know, like meeting them where they're at. Yeah. I think that actually helps so much. I actually have to dial the um, empathy down sometimes and try and train myself to care uh, less. Uh, <laughs> so, many feelings, so, so many, many feelings. So many feelings. Um, yeah. yeah, it's definitely been like, because it, it's something it's something you've been through yourself, right? Mm. And so, yeah, and so you relate. Yeah. Yeah, I love that we actually talked about that because that wasn't really in in my notes as such, but I think it's so important. I just am so passionate about people feeling one valued and two that they're, um, I guess like that they're beautiful, that they're confident in their own skin. And that's not just in photography, but I, I'm the same with you, Michelle. Or I'm sure Emmy, mm. you agree that when someone has those self doubts, you really just want to, you're like, how can I fix them? How can I make them feel, you know, like confident? Absolutely. It's, it is tricky. And I'd actually love to um, take that into, uh, I guess, with self, uh, with self doubt, because I actually read a little article, I think it might have been you, Michelle, that spoke on it. You said, it's a conversation many of you might be familiar with, and it goes something a bit like this, I can't do this, I suck, I don't know what to do, I want to give up. And you said, this is my brain on autopilot. Yeah. Um, how do how do we how do we face that? Because I think those are things that I face as well as a creative, as a photographer, as someone that is wearing all the hats. Um, never like some. I think the biggest thing for me is feeling that I'm not mm-hmm. doing enough. You know, I didn't post an Instagram photo today, or you know, I didn't do this, this, and this. Yeah. What, what's your kind of experience? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, I basically feel like since we maybe started the business, I've been working on like, yeah, myself and like my own. Um, journey through like mental health and um, confidence because um, it doesn't come naturally to me. Um, I think when I first met Hemi, I was actually um, I had I was suffering from like major depression, and um, I ended yeah. up actually just photographing myself as a bit of a uni project to a little bit just you know accept it and move through it. And um, I think something I found is that it was kind of empowering because I um, just I, I made an exhibition of myself just going through like an extreme bout of like depression and I exhibited wow. it and it was just like person after person after person would come up to me being like me too or me too and it was just very evident that um, I was talking about it and it decided to like exhibit it for some reason um and make it into art because i i was sort of obsessed with a quote that i've not actually found the author of that was along the lines of um he said like hope is a unapologetic belief that life is beautiful and i kind of felt like that was what photography was for me like it was just like capturing just these little things these little moment after little moment that just were beautiful and i was like yeah, cool. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna keep doing that. I'm just gonna keep photographing things. And um, Hemi really kind of like encouraged me and sort of pushed me along the way because starting your own business, you're very much selling you, <laughs> and any kind of like I don't know emotional baggage um, that you bring, like it's actually gonna hold you back in your business as well. Um, I mean, I think it's there already if you are employed, but when you're running the business, you're literally in control of everything. And um, it's just kind of working quite hard to change little habits. And um, for me, I found the main the main thing and kind of like gathering confidence, um, particularly being like a creative and self-employed, um, was really looking at the way the conversations that I had with myself and the way that I was talking to myself, because my brain naturally is like very like negative and tells me all of these horrible things. And um, Hemi's brain doesn't. Um, Hemi's brain basically just is like, you're awesome. You're fucking awesome. (laughs) And so the way that he will approach almost like any scenario is just so different because my brain's telling me the exact opposite. And so it's kind of like a reprogramming of my brain to be like, cool, cool, like everything's actually fine. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. What do you do practically to get yourself in a good headspace when you do face those self-doubts? Mm. Um, I mean, they're, they're less and less, like, as, as the years go on. But um, I think, actually, it was kind of, like, yeah, having having such poor, like, mental health for, like, a good, I don't know, maybe, like, six, eight-month period was actually, and I must have been, like, well, maybe, like, what, 19 or something, and I just feel like it was actually a really, I learned so much about how to take care of myself and look after myself and um, about meditation and um, I do yoga every day and I just try and like when I when I when I notice the pattern of like oh why am I feeling like that I will actually try and like seek out to tell myself the opposite um, or listen to something that's positive um, because you're basically like kind of what you're putting in is really what you're putting out like in your photography yeah. and how you're talking to people um yeah, is that an accurate summary? Yeah, that's that's huge, <laughs> isn't it? Like you, you yeah. every morning you play positive stuff, mm-hmm. that and you're just feeding your head with positivity right right from the get go, and then and you do yoga and I think something we've talked a bit about like it's a, a, like a little bit different but related is the same idea of like um, especially when you're in when you're a freelancer is not putting like the pressure on yourself to have to have to always perform so mm. we find ourselves like some day, some days you just you That's just hard. have like a low day or sometimes you just have a day where you're yeah. just kind of not making it through and it, it is hard because sometimes you, you might have like a deadline you might have like a client waiting on an answer or something like that but you have to realize that you're looking after yourself like your business is nothing without you and so you have to look after yourself first and let the rest kind of follow. And so we've just, we've got this thing that if, we, if we're not, if we're not able to kind of be productive in a day, we just give ourselves a break and we're like, you know what? It's okay. We're going to mm-hmm. take today off and uh, we're going to try again tomorrow, you know? So. I, I kind of yeah. Always, oh, and do you have days? Sorry, sorry. I'm just saying, yeah. like when you're self-employed, like it's literally like it's you. You're running the business, and so I kind of feel like self-care is kind of a priority, not really a luxury, because um, yeah, if you're not if you're not really functioning, then your business isn't really functioning. Like you might snap at a client, or like you know, and it's, so I, I take great like it, it's it's something that we both like prioritize highly. Um, you know, like we try and get to the gym or we try and like go for walks outside. Like, yeah, like Hemi said, if we're not actually being productive, um, we'll, we'll leave the office and be like, oh, I'm just not going to work right now. Or, um, making sure like you've seen enough friends or have you had enough sleep? Like, like really basic things. I think, um, especially in the early days, um, they're just easy to, to miss. You'd kind of get a little bit obsessed with like either like it's new or like I've got to get this done. And I think if you let, if if you kind of stop taking care of yourself, your your business does start to suffer as well. Mm. Yeah, I'm so with you. I I started making some little changes, um, maybe the past couple of months to just wake. Like I always wake up and I'm just ready to go. That's and awesome. I yeah, but like you know, I wake up and I'm like, oh, it's you know the sun, and I'm just excited about the day. Um, but I used to be uh, quite rigid about like waking up and making sure that, you know, um, I like journaled or I did certain things in order to um, be mindful or like, cause it's what I was told mm-hmm. to do. And then I, I realized that when I just wake up and I go for a run or I just go straight to the beach, I am like so happy so and I come back and I've got so much energy and I'm so excited about like work. But when I stay at home, and then I go straight into work because I guess, you know, we work from home, which is another thing that's yeah. tricky. I'm just, it, it takes me so long to get motivated, you know. So yeah. it is good to listen, listen to your body, listen to yourself and, and know what you, what makes you tick, I guess. Yeah. 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 And noticing as well, like kind of what things give you energy and what things take away from your energy. Because um, I think something that Hemi and I have been experimenting with recently is, yeah, time traffic, time tracking literally everything as a bit of like I think we've been doing it for about a month is kind of an experiment because um 
when you work in an office, you're very much trained about this idea that you should work nine to five. And I think when you're self-employed, um, we're finding more and more, it's, it's kind of the output is more, more of value to you than um, how many hours you spent on it. If you're in the right frame yeah. of mind and, it could, and you could get a blog post done in three hours, that's way better than spending 16 hours kind of like, oh, really like, like trying to force yourself to do it. Or just scrolling Facebook, pretending that you're working. There's yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's actually, that's really interesting. How, how do you, so are you saying if I'm tracking my time, you know, I'm not doing nine to five, what does, what does a day look like for you guys or, you know, um, with your yeah, schedules? Yeah, totally. We, uh, may I like, I can actually tell you, like we have a, <laughs> We wake up at 6.30. Um, we give ourselves like, uh, it's about an hour and a half to chill. I do uh, yoga. And, he just he just reads tech blog. That's, yeah. that's his relax. He loves yeah. it. I take a while to wake up. The, you guys are getting a mental picture of Michelle. <laughs> I know. Welcome it's to our life. And you can go to their blog, by the way, and read. Because like, Hemi... <laughs> You, you guys do have like a different perspective on yes. different things. Like you're the emo emotional <laughs> side, Michelle, in a way, and then the heavy is like rigorous detail so on how true. to change your it's life. So yeah, true. I. Which I love because I'm like I'm like you, heavy a little bit. Yeah. Like I love I want the one two three to, to be awesome. <laughs> I feel like I often describe it that um, Hemi's the brains of the operation, and I bring the fun. And Hemi often describes it <laughs> as like that. Michelle's got a lot of feelings. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> right. But you weren't telling yes, me. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. bit of chill in the morning. Then we do all the getting ready stuff, breakfast and shower and, you know, all that kind of jam. That takes us through to about 8 o'clock-ish. <laughs> You're getting really into it. Yeah. Then from 8 o'clock to 9, we have what we call our cleaning hour. <laughs> so this is something, like, we did, we did it's this thing. It's not actually cleaning. Actually, it's, it's life admin because yeah. when you're self-employed, I don't know about you, but I'm a bit of a clean freak. And when I walk past the kitchen and there's dishes, but I also have a deadline. You know, I used to just be like, oh, just blah, 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 blah. But, you know, then 20 minutes sneaks by and you're like, cool, that that's not that's not good. Hmm. Um, so we kind of try and like, yeah. I guess, I guess in general, we're good. We, we like to like batch tasks together. So, you know, like batch the life admin. So like if you need to send a, send a card, a birthday card to somebody, or you need to do your groceries or you want to clean something or name any other life admin, we kind of try and do it then. Yeah. And so, and so it's fantastic because it means like we get away a lot of those life admin things out of the way right in the morning that can distract you throughout the day. Mm. So then it nine o'clock we start work and we have found that uh we work most productively through to round about three or four in the afternoon so sometimes from, two. from about three o'clock in the afternoon we start to i'm a, I'm a two yeah, guy yeah <laughs> like coffee i'm, I'm coffee. two i had a one two and i'm like i have to i have to go to the gym or i have to yes yeah. yes and like and like our productivity like we've just seen like it just drops off and so that's when we have set like so that's our gym time exactly the same so we go off to the gym at around about three three thirty and then we um, just do like any errands or admin or whatever around and then and then we'd like work in the evening and like it's and kind the of... evening is usually like a bit mixed right so it can be uh a lot of like our clients are available for meetings and stuff in the evening that's when it suits them so it works really perfectly for that yeah. uh that's when we're doing like a lot of our like email correspondence uh it's also when i quite like to work like i'm i tend to be a little more of a night person than a day person and so um yeah i like to edit at night i don't know why yeah. I, just, I can't edit during the day and I then... feel like editing is well you need like you need like some light but not too much light but not oh anyway that's true i'm with you it's like five maybe like sunset yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've also actually uh, hilariously Hemi didn't say but we've kind of somewhat timed our day about um when the light gets really like hor horrifically bright in our office we try and not yes. be in here <laughs> yeah 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 it's 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 oh convenient God. that around about that same afternoon time is where our productivity is dropping off as the same time that the sun starts to become a bit 
unbearable in the office. So <laughs> that's good. That's good. Well, I think the the overview of that situation was listen to yourself, check how you work best because you can be a Hemi and Michelle and have like a rigorous schedule or some people are just like, uh, what, you know, they just are a bit more flowy, but I do like, I like the boundaries. I like the, the scheduler, like knowing what I'm going to be showing up to the next day. Um, that really helped I me. Think, yeah. And, so, and I think the, yeah. the other point that we love about this is that it's not, you don't have to follow the way that I guess like the man has like set out or like corporate culture has kind of set out like it. Um, we've got a friend and, and it might be your day to day schedule or it might be like your week schedule. We've got a friend who takes a three day weekend because she finds she's much more product productive in four days than she is in five days. Um, and I think it's, it's useful to just, you know yourself and like test yourself and, and just try and be like aware of, yeah when is when do you actually feel productive i i like tracking because of that um because sometimes you can't trust your brain like entirely but you um, you literally can't trust your brain like i'll be like oh this 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 thing that i'm working on is 90 percent done and it's just gonna <laughs> take me like 10 minutes and then i put a little timer on and hemi's like oh yeah and it's just still ticking down and i'm like yeah okay so uh maybe it was more like 40 percent done yeah, yeah. <laughs> I this morning I told myself something would take half an hour and it took mm. me three so it took me three hours and I was like oh damn guys I actually feel like we could talk forever <laughs> we could so, we could um, yeah, yeah yeah there's so many things I would I would love to talk to you about but I have like five flash questions that I ask yeah. everyone you have to answer them as quick as you can so maybe we'll do like one question you okay. answer both but before I ask the questions was there anything you'd love to say to someone that is, you know, wanting to pursue their dream or ambition or start their own business? Um, yeah, what, what would you say to them? Oh, I mean, it's, it's a good question um, because I think everyone says like, oh, follow your dream and you'll never have to work hard. And um, you will have to work really hard and maybe on weekends and maybe like do some late nights. But... I think it pays you in a way that, um, I don't know, that money kind of can't. Um, I've had friends who have, you know, been really, I need to work in this job to get to get money and then have had mental breakdowns. And I just think that it's, it's worth pursuing something that you love and that you care about. And um, I think for me, as long as I'm always trying to improve myself and working like like progress is quite addictive and so I guess for anyone that's kind of starting out like just hmm. I'm gonna pick up from that because <laughs> I think that I think that uh, like Michelle makes a good point like on one hand I just want to say like go for it right mm. and I do mean that like go for it but I think we always like feel like there's like a little bit of a balance of look like it this is it's going to be tough but if you if you love this and mm -hmm. if you're the type of person who um you you love a challenge and you love and and you really believe in this thing and you are just passionate about seeing it come into the world go for it like you have you have this life for a reason to to try something you know mm see what you can do and honestly like and i think this is where i come back to like the naivety that we went into this business with a sense of like if we can just stick in it we'll figure it out i really do believe that like if you can just stick in it i'm not saying it's going to be easy to mm -hmm. you might have to work incredibly 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 hard to get there but if you can stick in it you'll figure it out and I think if you are willing to like to take the blows that might come or to um, sacrifice what you might need to sacrifice, you'll figure it out and go for it. Try it. Yeah. That's beautiful. I think as I think as yeah. well um, that like I guess yeah to add on like Hemi, Hemi's like really summarized it perfectly there. I think maybe the other thing to tell people um, starting out is very much 
um, an idea that I think holds really true for me is that um, I heard a quote that you become like the five people that you spend the most time with and I think when you're when you're like starting something new you are a little bit vulnerable and I think it's really important to surround yourself with people who are also like building you up and like inputting things that are going to be really helpful and um, the further you go on you can then really kind of like expand that out and look at all the areas that you're really good at and the things you're not so good at and you can start to outsource the things you're not so good at um, and I think that's where Hemi and I work together quite well as a team but I know lots of people that are just like themselves running their business and um, you know they've surrounded themselves with awesome people and they've figured out the things they're good at and the, the other people that can come and kind of fill the gap and that's actually how they got really successful at what they were doing. Yeah, that's so important. I completely agree. And I, I think even this year, so many people have left, um, you know, kind of like here in Sydney anyway, it's quite transient. So it's always a challenge to, um, I need to ask myself those questions, you know, to who is in my circle, who am I, who am I actually listening to? Because um, early on when I started pursuing my own business, um, it was people just talked about all the risks, mm. you know, and I was just like, yeah, but like, whatever, you know, it'll be fun. I'm young. I can make yeah. mistakes. <laughs> like, Now's the time. And that's what kept me going. You're in that too. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Like take, I think my, the best advice that's been given to me is, Hey, give it a year, go mm. for it. You know, like what's the worst you can, what's the worst can happen. Yeah. Maybe you'll have to go live on mom's couch, you know, but, if you really love it, take, you know, take the, take the risk. Um, but the five flash questions. So yes, <laughs> what? Yes. I, I like that advice. Give it a year. All right. Great. Yeah. Okay. First question, favorite film or series. Oh, we're watching friends at the moment. I mean, it's probably not there though. Um, <laughs> oh, favorite cinema. We did get really obsessed with the crown for a while because cinematically it is incredible. Oh. Like if you if you froze frame every single frame, like I it's just like phenomenal and the color grade. Like at, at first we were just we were freezing it all the time to watch the frames, and then we then we watched wow. the storyline and we're like, whoa! I never was into the royals, didn't really think very much of them until watching it, and then yeah, I guess it just the the cinematography it got us. Incredible. Yeah, I'm the same with Chef's Table. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you've seen that, but I'm obsessed Beautiful. with cooking. I don't know. It's just, so good. It's such a. Uh, it makes me want to take photos. <laughs> I only came across this the other day, um, Chef's Table, and I was like, "What is yeah. that? I've never seen." Oh, I actually saved two weeks ago, and I've been watching it like nonstop. I've it's never really seen bad. meat look like, so beautiful. I like to think about. No? It. <laughs> What's one book that's left a mark on you? How to Win Friends and Influence People. <laughs> yeah really? that's everyone's book everyone okay, says okay, that okay okay I, I changed my uh, you one of us no, will change fine. our answer no no, no it's like... a it's a great oh man can i have three? it is <laughs> it, okay it's yeah. such an old book but the lessons in there are so good and i think it's just i think one of the ones that stood out to me is that like uh everybody's kind of like the hero of their own story right mm. and so yeah um i love that idea that like it, it's very easy for us to get wrapped into our perspective but actually you uh like pe people think they're great as well and it's helpful to kind of put your head into into their place and and their perspective yeah i think i think the main thing i remember taking away from that book um that actually i Man, I have a second book, but anyway, um, um, just that book, basic. It's okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Um, the main thing I remember finding mind blowing about reading that book was the idea that um, if you're gonna ask somebody something, that no matter how how kind or how nice the person is, in the back of their head, the person you're talking to is just thinking like, what's in it for me? And so, if you can position yourself when you're writing an email, when you're talking to somebody. Um, particularly when you're new in business, like even if you're trying to plan, I don't know, like a style shoot or something, or um, so often we get people uh, messaging us saying like, can I have a job? And it's just fascinating. Or like, hey, can you, can you wow. tell me about photography? But if they thought about like, oh, what is it that I need? And then offered it. So if somebody came to me and was just like, 
hey, hey, do you need, can I take you out for lunch and ask you 20 million questions about your business? I'd be like, yeah, well, I guess I've got to eat and maybe I don't have to cook it that day. Done. Hmm. I'll tell you everything. Yeah. Or can I come help you fold washing? And you, <laughs> can, tell you, me about, you can tell me photography tips while I fold your washing. We'd do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> sign, sign more. Do you know sign more? I'm yes. Gonna that oh, you love that. <laughs> can I fold your washing, mate, and go fishing with you? Um, anyway. Right. <laughs> okay. I, I, what was the oh, other okay. Um, yeah. Okay, real quick. Uh, the other two books, I quite liked listening to the audiobook um, during summer while I was editing. I just listened to an audiobook um, caught from, what was it, Mark Manson, the, the Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Right. I loved it. I loved all the swearing. Great. Um, but I also just loved the idea of... Um, I don't know you just you just can't care about everything you really can't and kind of the idea like people dismiss it as thinking that this this man is really careless but I think it, the idea is more um choose what you are gonna give a fuck about and let the other stuff just go and, and it's I, kind of tied into your to amazing. your theme for the year yeah of, um, rather than new year's resolutions we kind of set like little like themes for like the year yeah. and uh, my kind of theme for the year is good enough um, so if you're really a perfectionist, oh, you have to get to a point where you just are okay with like, it's good enough. And I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> Man, I'm taking that. It was just my birthday and I start my New Year's resolutions for my right. birthday. Oh, so happy like, birthday. Yes. <laughs> uh, thank you. Yeah. I'm so old. No, not really. I'm 26, oh. but yeah. <laughs> What's one piece of advice you would tell your younger self? Okay. So I remember when I was younger having a feeling of like i i am not going to regret anything in life because and like it's partly that i want to take opportunities when they come um but it was also partly uh i'm not going to blame myself i'm not going to feel regret for like a decision you make in a moment right and so i actually feel like that has really it's led me well I'm really happy with that call and that's uh, so maybe my piece of advice would actually be to go back and tell myself like hey it's it's good keep doing that keep yeah keep doing that and and I think it's an important thing I, I guess man like it ties into so many of these little things that we've talked about but it's just like this sense of like oh yeah just be okay with who you are and the decisions that you make in the moment like they're not going to be perfect but you'll never you'll never be perfect and uh yeah you're doing okay yeah love it <laughs> i was just listening to yours i don't know what mine is. <laughs> uh, what would i tell my younger self um probably just to um to just care a whole lot less about um things uh, particularly um Oh, I remember listening to, um, there's a really fun, this guy like Les Brown, who's like a motivational speaker from like the 80s or something, and he's actually hilarious. I listened to this like podcast thing when he did at the gym the other day, and I found, I maybe would tell my younger self this, that um, that complaining isn't really productive, and that 90%, and what did he say? He said something about like 90% of the people that when you're, when you're really bitching and complaining about a problem, like 90% of the people are just glad it's you. Like they're not really, they're not really listening or they're not really caring. And so you're, you're better to kind of change the frequency and talk about something a little bit more positive. And I, I think that's kind of hilarious. And I think maybe, um, past Michelle like dwelled in like things that I thought were like really like a big issue or a big drama. And then time will pass and you'll realize like, oh, I was worried about nothing, like literally nothing. Like it, it was actually fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, amazing. Um, this is kind of a little bit of the theme of the podcast, but what does becoming mean to you? What does becoming mean to you? Um, yeah, being okay, being okay with who you are. Yeah. Uh, like just living in your own skin and, and, and that's, yes, very much the same as like what I was just saying before. Mm. Like for me, it's just being okay with who you are. You're not, you're not going to be perfect. You're not always going to make the right decisions. Sometimes you're going to make great decisions. Like sometimes it's actually going to be amazing and sometimes it's not. And 
you're just okay. You're just okay. I think maybe it's yeah. also um, becoming is kind of becoming okay. Yeah, like Hebe said, becoming okay with who you are. Um, but I think also really learning about like what are your strengths and trying to play to them. Um, because if you're, I I think. Um, you have all the best answers. <laughs> so good. Oh. You guys, hey, you guys can listen back to this. You know, no, no, no. Motivational speakers. No, I actually, I, I, I totally want to explain it because, like, we, so we uh, talked about, like, we've done Strength Finder in the past, right? Which oh, I didn't realize it was really nerdy. It is really nerdy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It, it, I don't know. I'm, yeah, I have it. I yeah. What yeah. are yours? What are but, yours? Oh, really? Okay. Um, it's woo, communication, belief, ideation, and empathy. Oh, you got Fantastic. good ones. Yeah. Um, Dang. And <laughs> I think if you haven't done this, whoever's listening, like it, it's a fantastic tool. One of the things that I really love about StrengthsFinder is that it is not about defining who you are. It's about defining what you're great at. And then you, once you kind of understand yourself a little bit better in terms of like, like what are you naturally quite good at, then you can build on that. And I feel like it's a very constructive uh, idea of going like, okay, these are these are my yeah. strengths, and these are the things that I'm going to be most productive growing. Um, yeah. Definitely, like I think, um, yeah, like in the past, I I remember like a friend of ours, like they're just like they're just so cool and like just this like cool hipster aesthetic and all the clients they book are just so cool and I remember thinking remember I think I even said to him like oh man maybe I should be like more cool and then I think you were like you're being ridiculous like almost like your main strength is that you're just so um approachable and giggly and silly and fun like like you're you don't do people love you you don't do cool and aloof like you're like 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 you know relatable and if you tried to be cool in the loof you, you like that's and then i remember going through um a bunch of inquiries and seeing that that's literally the reason people book us is they book us because they want photos that feel natural and they and they want a photographer that they can connect with that's that's going to make things fun for them um and i just think like what yeah. a shame it would be if i had just tried so hard to be something that i wasn't <laughs> yeah that's such a temptation one yeah comparison kills like for sure and then i guess the last question is what are you dreaming about right now um we are we're working on a bunch of projects like i i want to do something around helping people like so particularly photographers like understand their business like a little bit better so like i'm trying to work on something around the idea of like doing making some of these things that we have found so useful in our business like time tracking and um like understanding like your statistics and stuff trying to make that more approachable for photographers so that's kind of been my dream at the moment yeah amazing don't exactly know how it's gonna flesh out but yeah that's my dream yeah take the risk man yeah Do it. yeah <laughs> I'll I'll be your guinea pig. Fantastic. I think everybody needs a everybody needs a Hemi. Everyone needs somebody that's very like analytical, systems based, um, just like extreme mm. nerdy mm. to um to kind of channel their like excitable ideas, like to run their excitable ideas past. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think you you get I think you've both be incredible like consultants if you're wanting to well, consultant is a lame, kind of a lame word, but more just like yeah. helpers, you know, if you wanted to help yeah. people on their journey, um, I think you guys would be, you're already doing it really, you know, it's true. It's why, it's one of the reasons I asked you guys, because you're so generous um, and I, I can tell the bubbliness <laughs> and the fun that you guys actually possess. I'm like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know these guys. And you shoot yeah. Fuji, which is the other, like, I shoot Fuji. So yes. Like, yes. Another cow. <laughs> You know, it's great. It's there's great. dozens um, of us. Yeah, there's, there's a flock. <laughs> yeah, Michelle, what were you what were you dreaming oh, about? Oh, okay. What was I dreaming Just about? Before. Um, uh, I think actually what I'm dreaming about at the moment um is just I guess ways to um, hmm, 
keep keep this business uh, like sustainable for us long term. Um, so I think that's something that we've always kind of prioritized. Um, we've started taking like Thursdays off. <laughs> um, it sounds really lame, but yeah. it's something that I think is kind of, um, yeah, I guess it's just kind of, yeah, like being in it for like the long haul and looking after yourself. Um, yeah, just kind of finding ways to to make the lifestyle work for you and I mean, I'm probably dreaming of like going traveling again, but that'll be a while away. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I'm the same. That's I think about that every day, <laughs> to be honest. But yeah, thanks so much, guys. You actually are gonna be my tenth episode, Woo-hoo! so Hi! it's kind of cool. It's kind of it's kind oh, of yes, awesome. Wow, it's awesome. It's amazing. Well, that was Michelle and Hemi from Bettina Photo. I hope you guys learned as much as I did. If you want to find them, the links and resources are below. But hey, thanks so much for coming on, learning with me. We get to interview some pretty incredible people and it's been such a good time just getting to hang out. I hope that you guys are dreaming big. I hope that you are thinking bigger every single day because that's what it takes to pursue your dreams and that's what it takes to be someone that is up and becoming.